Good to have everybody here today, if you are visiting with us, and we know we have quite a few visitors. Thank you for being with us today. We're excited to have you here. Uh, a couple of things. One of the things that I wanted to tell you is about the, the fellowship meal that we're going to have on that, and a couple of other details on that. The first one we're providing the meal for, and that will be our staff is actually doing that, and that's why we're asking people to help pay for that, and uh, so that we can do that for you. Uh, but what we're doing is, is we're, we're going to open up the fellowship hall after. If there are other people that want to host a meal and do that, we've got guidelines and everything that will help you know exactly what to do. And so you can see Deborah or call the office and say, I'd love to do that and provide a, a meal. It, you will have the resources to do that if you want to. We're not asking you to do that out of your own pocket because we're asking everybody for this fellowship meal to actually pay, and if we do that again, we'd like for uh, you to actually do that. But what we want is if there are no hosts for that week or whatever week, we want you to come, bring your own food, and fellowship. The, one of the things that we believe we have missed during this pandemic more than anything else is together time. And we need to be together because together is where we connect with one another not just physically, not just emotionally, but spiritually as well. And so we really feel like these meals are an opportunity to get together, to sit down, just to enjoy, and that's what we want to do. So this first week, that first week on the 3rd, I do believe that's right, on the 2nd, on the 2nd, thank you, on the 2nd, that meal, we will provide that for you, but you need to sign up and pay for that either online or out in the foyer. There's a sheet out there as well, so you can do that. The next week, if there's nobody that signs up, come anyway, but just go somewhere, grab your food, and join, and just be a part of that. Everybody get that? Okay? All right. I hope that was as clear as mud. All right. So, let me ask you a question. What is your soul? What is your soul? How many of you have actually seen the Pixar movie Soul? Okay? So, some of you have seen that movie. For you that haven't seen the movie, I'll give you a little bit about it. It's about a guy who is a <coughs> junior high band teacher. He's like, oh, do I have to do this? Are you kidding me? But he, in actuality, he is a jazz musician. Piano is his, his stick, and he's got soul, and he knows that. And he thinks, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be somewhere else in the big, big time. And he gets this audition, and he goes to this audition. As he goes to this audition, he gets in there, and I mean he knocks it out of the park. He does a great job. And the, the lady who is over it and that kind of that band, she's a saxophone player, she says, you're here, you're, you're hired. Come on back, come on back. And so he comes, he is just so excited to come back that night and to play. And I mean so excited that he is oblivious to everything else. When he goes out that door, he's just like, woohoo! I mean, this is his life's dream to do that. And as he comes out that door, he is going through all this construction area and as he's going through that construction area, everybody's saying, watch it, whatever. And the bricks are falling behind him and stuff. And then he goes in the middle of the street where you can see all the construction stuff is doing. And all of a sudden, he drops into a manhole. And the next thing he knows, he's in this place. And all you see is his soul, his little soul. 
And the whole movie is about the lessons that he learned while on this trip, while his body is on the earth. And while he's there, body's not dead, but his soul has kind of separated from that. What is your soul? We've talked a lot in the last few weeks about our mind last week. We started about, taught about how we think, how we come to our decisions, how those decisions are made. The week before that, we talked about our will. The will is the decisions that we make. Those decisions that we make, it's the power to decide is what the will is. And then we talked the week before that about the heart, the emotions, the character that is within inside each and every one of us. But how much do we talk about the soul? How much do we actually talk about the soul? This is a weightier part of us, the weightier part of us that is actually the essence of who we are, who you are as a person. It's the essence of who we are. Our soul is basically a collection of our life's decisions, our life's um, deeds, and our life's dedication. All of that is compacted into one's soul. And I love how God... uh, kind of starts out, at least the King James Version, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And it says this, because I love this scripture in this, in this version. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. A living soul. Now, we've talked a lot in this here, I have anyway, you may not have talked about it, but about the Imago Dei, the, the, the image of God, which is in every single individual, that breath of God that is within each and every one of us. When I look at you, when I look at you, when I look at you, I see God in you. And that Imago Dei is something that is in every single human being. And every single human being also has a soul. You have a soul. And that soul is given to us, and it is on loan. Because there's going to come a day, there's going to come a day when our soul will be judged, when our soul will be required of us. That's soul. All right, David did a great job of reading our Scripture, and I want to read that again. And it's the greatest commandments that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, and it says this, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, on these two commandments. Now, if you were going to ask me a definition For soul, I think that's kind of hard, but let me give you one that my mentor gave to me, okay? So, here it is. It's the knowledge of one's own existence, that I actually exist, that I actually exist, and that's beyond just this body. Okay, let me give you an example. My granddad, Albert Trent, was a big man to me in my image. I mean, when I saw him, he was just like this giant of an individual. He was a preacher. 
He, he, was, he was decked to the hilt. Every time I saw him, he never came out with a tie every day. Every day. Maybe Saturday he would not have a tie, but every day. I always saw him. Every time I saw him, he was dressed to the hilt. And he just had this big image. And he was the one who had a great impact on my life. Still has a great impact on my life. Your soul has the ability to live beyond your body, to live beyond your death. Your soul is the essence of who you are. It's your character, it's your nature, but it's, it's that essence of, I understand that my soul is something that has impact. And when you talk about it, when I think about all the things that we are discussing as far as the will, as far as the heart, as far as the mind, this soul is a precious, precious entity. Very much. Listen to Acts 2 verse 43. And all came upon every soul. So every person has a soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Okay, so here's what I did. I went and I wrote down, physically wrote down, every single scripture in the New Testament, a lot of them, about 40 of them, that had the word soul in them. And so I put together a little paragraph, not going to be on the screen, put together a little paragraph to just get you an idea of what the soul does or what it doesn't do, or what can happen to it or what can't happen to it. Okay, so I just want you to listen. Here we go. This is a collection of about 30 or 40 scriptures. Our soul can be troubled it can be abandoned to Hades. It can be destroyed. It can be strengthened. It can be convicted. It can be disappointed. It can be purified, tormented, slain, and enticed. Our soul is worthy of saving and being sanctified. All souls are worthy of, being, of saving and being sanctified. Our soul can find unity with others and can stand in awe of the glory of God. Our souls can be slain as well as come to life. It is the implanted word that saves our soul and where we anchor, where we are anchored in Him. Our souls should obey our leaders as well as wage war against sin. And ultimately, ultimately, our souls will return to the shepherd. Brothers and sisters, family, your souls are priceless. Your souls are priceless. They're priceless. Our souls are also given to us at that very moment, given to us as a gift from God to glorify Him, to glorify Him. Okay, so in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, I hope that this is what my soul, just listen, I'm going to kind of add some stuff to this, but listen to this. His divine power has given our souls, given us, our souls, everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us, our souls, by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given our souls his very, listen, our souls, His very great and precious promises, so that through them our souls may participate, 
in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. In other words, my goal, our goal, our goal is our souls want to participate, want to participate in the very nature of God. At least that's what I hope. I hope that each and every one of us have a desire that the essence of who I am, the essence of who we are, the essence of who you are, that our essence has a desire to participate in this divine nature of God one day. One day I pray that that will happen to all of us. And we ought to have this unquenchable desire for our soul to participate in that. Now, this is important, and where I'm going to get to is very important. As I was putting there this sermon, there was a lot of places in the Scriptures that talks about our soul. Some of the things that were talked about are hard for us to actually listen to or deal with because they're not and we had to think we got you got to think about the nature and character of God they're not always the God who is love and joy because that's a part of who God is and all he is but there's also this other side of God that we very rarely talk about and that's the wrath of God. Once you listen to these passages, we, we, are, we are actually making eternal decisions right now in our lives, each and every one of us. The decisions we make, what we say, how we do it, we're making eternal decisions now, right now, for our souls. All right, listen to Matthew 16, verse 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can man give in exchange for their soul? Are we thinking about scriptures like this? Are we doing self-inventories over our soul as to how we're living our lives? In Romans chapter 2, verse 5, Paul says our hearts are often stubborn and unrepentant. And it says, he goes on to say, and we are storing up wrath for those whose hearts are stubborn and unrepentant. We are storing up wrath for the day of God's wrath. You understand that there's going to be a day that's going to be joyous for the saints. All the saints will rise and be changed in the twinkling of an eye, transformed, and rise to meet the Lord. But there will be a day when those who are not following Him will perish. They will perish. And someone told me the other day, and I, I, I thought this was an interesting observation. Then in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, it says, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. 
He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And while it's going to be the joyous, most wonderful occasion for us, and, and I understand that for God, on the other hand, to see so many people who will be destroyed, his heart cannot help but break. It cannot help but break because he loves all people. All people. In Luke 12, verses 20 through 21, but God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. And I think about, I think about all the other passages that Jesus talks about. I think about the parable of the sower. Remember the parable of the sower? The sower, he throws out the, the seed, and some of that seed just lands, and what happens? The birds come and grab it just real quickly, and they come and grab it real quickly, and then there's other seeds that are laying on the rock, and they kind of sprout up real quick, and they're going, but something's there. That heat, that, that sun, it scorches them out to where they perish. And then those other ones the other seed that's thrown out is thrown out into what? Into this, the soil that has thorns in it. It all grows up together. And then when it's about ready to harvest, it's all choked out. And then there's those that are thrown into the good, good soil. And the good soil produces a crop. Unbelievable. And if this, listen, this is hard to say. If this is a principle of those who hear God's Word, and at least those three categories, maybe not the first one with the birds, but those who hear God's Word, if this is a principle that is laid down by Jesus for all people for all times, it means that some of us will not be there on that day when Jesus returns. And that's hard to say. Because I hope all of us are. I hope we all are. And that's why, B, the health of our soul, the health of our soul is the only way we're going to enjoy the greatest gift of all, God Himself. It's the only way we're going to enjoy Him if our souls are healthy in the Lord if we're listening to Him. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, listen to this. And we, our soul, for we, our souls, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of our souls may receive what is due our soul for the things while done while in the body, whether good or bad. And none of us really want to hear this. We don't, because we'd rather hear, oh, this, and love, and the grace, and yes, I love those, because I, I, I depend on the grace of God. I love God's love that He has for one, all of us. I understand that, but this is real, and it's disturbing. It's disturbing, and it applies to all of us. It applies to elders, applies to ministers, applies to teachers and deacons, and to every single one of us. It applies to us. And many of the things that Jesus is asking of His disciples aren't easy, were they? 
Remember all of his disciples in John chapter 6? In John chapter 6, when Jesus said these words, you, will eat my, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And what did, Jesus, what did the disciples of Jesus do? Many of them walked away. This is a hard saying. Who can, who can, actually, who can actually listen to this? This is a hard saying. And they walked away because they were unwilling to actually listen to the hard stuff. In Matthew chapter 10, it was, in my, in my, it was actually in my Bible reading today, the way I go through the Bible. In Matthew chapter 10, today as I was reading it, Jesus says this. He, he looks and he, he says, I am sending you, disciples, out as sheep among wolves. Guess what? You can expect, you can expect to suffer. You can expect that they will drag you through courts. You can expect all of those things. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not easy, but it is necessary for us. All right, how to strengthen one's soul? How do we strengthen our soul? All right, let me give you three things real quick. Here's the first one. The first one is develop a love for truth. Develop a love for truth. Develop a love for truth. The words of Jesus. The words of Jesus are truth. What did Jesus say in John 14, verse 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 5, verse 24, he says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever, this is Jesus, whoever hears my word, and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Life happens when we, as the hearers of the seed that has been sown, listen to his word. Listen to the words of Jesus and obey them. John 6 verse 63 says this, the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing. Counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and of life. And here's what Paul says about Jesus' words. Faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the Word of Christ. The Word of Christ. Our first objective is to develop a love for this truth. Develop a love for God's Word. Develop a love for listening to the Father and listening to His Son who spoke the very words of God. The very words of God. All right, here's the second thing. B, engage in an ongoing sanctification process, which is a process of setting oneself apart from the world, setting oneself apart, that sanctification process, and making oneself holy, even though we don't do that, God does that for us. We don't do that. But God is doing that inside of us as we strive to live out our lives in Him. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, may God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. It is God who does that sanctifying. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, yes, I know the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, verse 7. 
It cleanses us from all sin. We're walking in that light. We're walking in that truth. Here's C. Be renewed. Be renewed. Be renewed. I love this verse from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. It says this. Only take care, listen, and keep your soul diligently. Remember what you're doing. You're trying to look at your soul as the essence of who you are that has impact beyond this grave, and that is, will require us to give an account for our soul. Lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And why is this? Why do we want to do this? Here's the reason. Here's the reason. Last verse. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that where we want to be? We want to be with Him in glory. And if, you're, if your soul is struggling right now in your own life, you may be at a point to where I'm saying, I'm going through some very difficult time, very difficult time. If you are, see one of our shepherds. Go to the back and grab one of them and say, hey, I, I need the prayers. Or come here and allow us to pray for you as a family of God and, and pray for you. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you haven't put him on in that death, burial, and resurrection of a watery grave and then being raised to this new life, then do that today. Whatever you need is, would you come as together we stand and sing?